Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warn-usa.com. And you can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. And you can also go to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com to listen to the shows and download them and send them around to your friends. And we appreciate you doing that. And you can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the shows where you heard us. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Sons of God, trust in Him. As the storm assails, you will make decisions based on what you trust. Sons of God, trust in Him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the glory of our Father and great God. Also, bowing to Baal, uncleanness. It all comes down to one thing, bowing the knee to Baal or owing allegiance to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Conversation, End of Day. A conversation in character about the end of days in America. Servant Disciples, he is not above his master. Servant disciple. One of the common themes in the gospel end of days scenario is trouble worldwide. Matthew chapter 24 warns we are not to be deceived. And last but not least, American Tophet, Valley of Hinnom. The love of killing the unborn child while declaring it is declaring it is not a live human being is the Valley of Hinnom and an American Tophet. And don't miss on Warren Radio Blood Guilt um, the Blood Guilt series classic Warren Radio covers blood guilt from Cain to Armageddon all of it you will find in the Bible. Be sure to go to DanaGlynSmith.com to sign up for the WIBR Warren newsletter, Warren Radio newsletter, and also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature Christian books and other resources from our media, our Visions Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warn Radio. 
on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, doing good. We're doing good. And uh, we got another bunch of snow and cold and wet. Yeah, but the snow's all melted. That's amazing. It is. We got some decent weather and uh, the grass is still green. It's been cold and frozen. and So at any rate, we continue to plug down the road. The seasons keep going. Faster than I can keep track. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, we've, uh, you know, this advocacy for the persecuted church, we have uh, uh, a ministry that uh, we do deal with along with a lot of others. But this one, uh, Mideast Bible, is one that has had some tremendous uh, persecution and trouble. And, of course, uh, they're in a lot of different places uh, their churches are the Assembly of the Loving God churches. There's, it's a, it's over throughout. Uh, you know, it's in Africa and Asia, and uh, so it's pretty big. But at any rate, um, we want to discuss up front a little bit about what's happening over there, because we got another letter from them, and. Uh, the first off, uh, you know, the gal in the office, Susanna, um, and uh, she lives in Canada, and uh, she's had some, uh, you know, been putting up some stuff about what is going on. But she wrote an article, I mean, a little, kind of like a poem, and uh, a thing. And it's uh, her way of uh, talking about this, I believe. So it's called Enduring Faith. Okay, Enduring Faith. Whether it be while waiting for what we believe to be a needed miracle or simply living day by day, it seems what we all need, perhaps more than ever, is enduring faith. Faith to endure or resting in and continuing to grow in faith. It matters not how we think of enduring faith but that we have it, know it, and live in it. How many wrong theologies have grown up in infected believers in attempt to explain the unexplainable? Why did my friend die? Why did my evangelistic effort seem to go so badly? Why does my child not speak to me? Why am I sick? Why did that horrible accident happen? Why, why, why? We can all add to that list our own whys, and yet we must not try to explain it away with our own theology, our own theory of why or why not, in other words, our own theology. We must not create a theology around what doesn't happen, as Bill Johnson sums it up so succinctly, Mother Teresa Oh, she of such apparent huge faith had a great reply 
when someone with, to him, an unbearable and seemingly insolvable problem asked her to pray for him. What do you want me to pray? the tiny wonder worker asked. So th that is leads us into the rest of this. And of course, right now, the Kerala floods, you know, the result of it is still there. There's been a lot of things going on. Um, and Samaritan's Purse, even in America, has been super busy. Uh, they had the news out about the things happening in America, about billion dollar disasters, one right after another. But in Kerala, you know, the, the problem you have is the same problem you have by giving humanitarian aid to the Taliban. And that is um, uh, sometimes, many times, especially in India, the humanitarian aid never does get to Christians. Never. And so this is a huge problem. And in Afghanistan, the Taliban are using some of this stuff as a way to find Christians and kill them. And make no mistake, the Taliban are not going to change just because of Joe Biden. But in India, we would like to see the government come to because uh, the Indian constitution does guarantee the freedom of, of Christian religion, of other religions. Um, but uh, the BJP party, who Modi belongs to, happens to be that uh, arena for allowing persecution of Christians. But at any rate, uh, from BBC and others, uh, a little report was put together by Susanna, who sent this out. More than 20 people have been killed in floods in southern India. And, of course, unfortunately, you see a lot of that. Heavy rains, they cause the rivers to overflow. They cut off towns and villages. And most of these people, you know, Tower, are just absolutely dirt poor. Oh, I know. It's so tragic. And they don't have much to lose. And what they do have, they end up losing or dying. So the houses get washed away. And the people are trapped. Now, and that's in Kerala State. And we've had a lot of news from Kerala, among others. And Pastor Paul and his wife don't live too far away from this particular area. And uh, they were asking for prayer, although they're they're fine, they're safe. Uh, in one in one part of this, a family in six, including including the 75-year-old grandmother and three children, were were confirmed dead after their home was swept away. Oh, that's and so sad. There's a lot of this. I seen some other news where homes were being swept away, uh, and in Russia is another place and that's where the permafrost is actually melting and entire cities in Russia were built on permafrost foundations and everything's melting and the buildings are cracking they're just coming apart so a lot of stuff happening worldwide meanwhile um, back in India in Kerala the bodies of another three children eight seven and four were found buried under the debris oh. Uh, the Indian military was in there uh, in the rescue efforts with helicopters, uh, supplies, and personnel. 
That's just heartbreaking. Yeah, and, you know, you have landslides. There's no place for them to go. You know, there's no way to be protected. And so Pastor Paul, unfortunately, just was released from the hospital. We talked about him last week or the week before. And, uh, you know, the missions, when you're, you're in missions overseas, you're, you're just one incident away from death many times. You just never know what's going to happen. And see, we're, you know, back when we were in Bible school and we got to know missionaries, and uh, I still have a missionary heart. I still feel for them as well as home missions. I was a home missions pastor myself. And, uh, you know, the thing of it is, is that you don't have anything. You know, even in America, there's people that don't have, uh, you know, the home issues pastors. They just don't have anything many times. And uh, especially if you're a home missions pastor on a reservation somewhere. So uh, there is a lot of trouble. And pray for Mideast Bible and for India, the Kerala Fuds. And... Uh, you know, as far as Russia goes, that's just another bit of news. And uh, they persecute Christians over there, too. Uh, up front, we're talking about Chinese tactics. And this comes from a Virginia mother who escaped Chinese oppression. And uh, she sees what's happening in the U.S. as communism. She survived Mao's brutal cultural revolution, so she's a little older gal. Yeah. She said, I spent my entire school years in the Chinese cultural revolution, so I'm very, very familiar with the communist tactics of how to divide people, how they cancel the Chinese traditional culture and destroyed our heritage. She was speaking to uh, Fox News. And she says all this is happening in America. And it's really hard to believe how we can be so stupid. But I know that... Um, Was it Charlie Kirk, TPUSA? I'm not sure. Yesterday, a video appeared with him on it, and he was interviewing students uh, in a segment talking about socialism in America and what it is. And one of the students... was asked by Charlie Kirk about what he thought about socialism, and he spoke a little bit. And then he asked uh, Charlie Kirk, he says, well, what do you think about it? And he says, well, you know, I'm really interested what you could say about America today and the people who believe in this socialism. And he says, uh, the kid spoke up and said that, uh, first of all, he was from Romania, Ceausescu. Tower and I remember him real well, don't we? Yes, we do. And and he said, if you don't learn from history, you're in trouble. If you if you can't learn from history, there's no hope. 
And unfortunately, the problems with Ceausescu and Romania are very, very clear. But there's also some spiritual lessons from Romania as well. Because there was miracles and signs and wonders that went on there. Um, we, we were aware at the time of that. We got involved with, um, you know, some of the news stories concerning that. But, of course, that usually doesn't come out. But um, back to China now. She said that they called them racist for a long time, but that did not work. And she says the ones they were talking about is the parents who spoke out about it. And so today, now, of course, all the parents are called domestic terrorists. Yeah, the critical race yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And she says that if intimidation works, where they can get people not to do anything about it, America has fallen a long time ago. That's just, just very disturbing. Yeah. And she said, this is about your children. For me, I'm fighting it because it is about our future, the future of this country. So we cannot be intimidated. I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Growing up in Mao's China, all this is very familiar. The communist regime used the same critical race theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. During the Cultural Revolution, I witnessed students and teachers turned against each other. We changed school names to be politically correct. We were taught to denounce our heritage. The Red Guards destroyed anything that was not communist, old statue books and anything. Wow. That's what's going on here. Yeah. And she says what's going on here is heartbreaking. And, and the heartbreaking is she escaped communism in China only to experience the same communism here. <laughs> yeah. It's bizarre. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, when Obama was in here and was spewing this baloney out, we talked about it. We knew it. Matter of fact... Regarding Obama, we had been warned, and, and I'm on record on this, but you probably won't have it because uh, it's all in our old archives, which are located in a location off the United States. Uh, <laughs> of course, I haven't checked on it for a while, but it, that's where it was last time we put them there. But uh, the thing of it is, is that, you know, this is not by accident. None of this is. And including COVID isn't. And I agree. I believe that was set up on purpose. Yeah. And that doctor last night, that tower now, we found a new doctor. And he had been around for quite a while. We've been talking about other doctors. And this guy was talking about how that the medical system was taken over uh, about a hundred years ago in America and by big money 
and they're the ones that built uh, all the drug companies, put money into them. Uh, so at any rate, it's really interesting. And we do have that. I'm not going to give it right now, but uh, uh, it is uh, legitimate. And uh, you can see the whole thing coming together. It's by no surprise. But you see, all this is the efforts of men. And one thing I point out is what is going to happen? You know, when we talk about the end of days, and you're going to find a lot of different theologies out there. You're going to have people talking about a seven-year tribulation. You're going to have people talking about the pre-trib rapture. You're going to have people talking about a lot of things. And a lot of this stuff, uh, as we think it should occur, is not going to occur the way we think it is. And we think it's that way because we've been taught. But the people who taught us were taught by other adults who were taught by other adults going back a lot of generations. I mean, we're, we're talking probably 1,500 years at least. Shortly after the apostles were off the face of this earth, you give them, you add on four or 500 years and heresy started leaking into the church and the theology. And of course, there's a lot of people that are dead set believing some of this stuff. I don't really care what they believe. You know, if that's what they want to believe, that's up to them. I don't worry about it. But I do know this. I can tell you unequivocally that the will of the Lord and what he has already decreed is what is going to happen. And uh, uh, Amen. That's right. And that's the bottom line. Now, as far as, you know, you expecting to be here, you know, in, in the old three and a half years divided you know you divide seven years you have three and a half years of this and three and a half years of that that's a bunch of baloney and of course they have the 70th week and you know I don't even go there you people aren't even going to be able to recognize that you're still going to be here many of you there is going to be no pre-trib rapture none zilch now, I'm all for one, but there is no solid evidence of that, a pre-trib rapture. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that we're going to be raptured out ahead of time. Now, of course, almost all of the church is against this, so, you know, don't bother writing me because I, I could care less. You know, you go figure out what you want to do and just do it. The bottom line will be the faith and testimony of Jesus Christ. Those who overcome at this time is found in Revelation 12:11. Uh, you know, and I have a whole list of marching orders straight out of Revelation that the Lord gave me a long time ago. So the bottom line of it is, you get over to warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com, and you read some of these articles I got up there because it'll help prepare you. Absolutely. Now, into the Pakistan Gospel Outreach. The thing that surprises me about this, it comes from Mission Network News Tower. You remember Osama bin Laden and his uh, compound? Yes. Well, this particular thing is different. Because now, they have been distributing gospel literature in Osama bin Laden's town and around his compound. Huh. 
Jason Wolford, who um, does this, uh, it's called Mission Cry. And uh, they share the story of Jesus. And in this compound, um, there was 500 homes around uh, bin Laden's former camp compound. They gave out 2,000 Bibles there. And they said they have 100 Muslims outside of the compound who've given their life to the Lord Jesus. That's exciting. Yeah, 100 of them in Osama bin Laden's territory. There's Muslims everywhere there. And uh, we had one, one woman that looked at the, Bible, at the Bible and she'd never seen a Bible in her life. She says, I don't know what God is in this book, but the one thing that I'm serving is false. And she ended up giving her life to the Lord. Now, that is amazing. That's exciting. Oh, it is. You know, and, and, you know, we would never be able to do a lot of this if it weren't for the technology and the ability to get around. And when the Lord called me out specifically, I had already been delving into the technology. I was already into computers. I was right there at the start of it. And my generation generally is not tech-savvy. Tech I'm overly tech-savvy. Matter of fact, I'm to the point where I hate tech. And I hate tech because I see what it does to modern society and to our children. It is amoral. But there are good points to it, and that is getting the gospel around. We're able to communicate with people around the world. We're able to get news back and forth to each other and support each other in prayer. But in the Spirit of the Lord knows this. You know, all technology, we wouldn't have nothing if it wasn't for the Lord. That's right. So make no mistake, science is not ours. It belongs to the Lord. He's all-knowing. And so many of the people that they were dealing with were so, fo so poor they'd never able to have a, a Koran. And uh, so, he says, when they begin to pray and plan and reach out to their Pakistan missionary team, and he told them to go down to Osama bin Laden's compound and give the word of God there. And... Uh, you know, so they followed through on it. They'd never have it. But we see a number of, of ministries. Uh, and we talked not too long ago about another ministry that works uh, through satellite broadcasting like CBN does and things like that, specifically into areas in the Middle East and hard to reach areas. That's right. You know what, <clears throat> one thing that was, uh, they said about this is, and I think this is amazing, many of the people had never been able to own a Koran, so receiving a Bible was a special experience. Yeah, when you can't ever have anything. Yeah. I mean, you just think about that. You know, we, we take publishing and printing and books for granted here. Yes, we do. And they couldn't even afford to buy one. They had enough money to, or enough something to get food, pay for a house. Probably the, just the bare necessities. Yeah. 
and you know they're they're poor they're they're so poor they they work at trying to stay alive you know they're living in a muslim area so they're muslim you know but the thing of it is is that you can attend all the churches you want but that doesn't make you a christian in the eyes of the world it'll make you a christian or someone that's religious but in order to get into heaven you must be born again by the spirit of god and the one thing that the lord warned us about in these days is do not be deceived so you need to get in the word of god and i recommend anybody that's interested in finding out the truth reading john the gospel of john and first second and third john read romans and then you can read the rest of the bible so at any rate towers up next okay this is an exciting story it's long life faith in god it's about a virginia woman she turned 110 years old on October 4th. And um, she celebrated that day with family and friends. The Clark County Board of Supervisors Chairman David Weiss was a special guest at her birthday party. He presented Brown with a framed certificate declaring October 1st, 2021 as Viola Roberts Lampkin Brown Day. And... <laughs> That's kind of funny. She said she was honored to receive the recognition, but said every day that the good Lord lets me stay here is my day. And um, Brown's nephew, Andrew Roberts, told the Christian Post that his great aunt lives for the Lord and seeks to honor him in every area of her life. And he said... My personal experience has been nothing but love and joy whenever I'm in her presence. There's never one minute that Jesus doesn't drip off her lips. It's as if she embodies him. Everything she talks about and does, she gives honor and praise to God. I mean everything. She's a literal believer. And um, he said... I think one of the things in terms of her longevity has to do with her faith. The lifestyle she practices, she doesn't let a lot of things bother her. She has great capacity either to tolerate stress or just kind of eliminate it for the most part because she is centered. She's centered on something greater than herself. And, and Brown says she just takes every day in stride and doesn't let things bother her. She said... She said, he wakes me up in the morning, he tells me what to do, and I don't worry about things. And her daughter is uh, 79 years old. And she, along with her cousin, believes that Brown's f Christian faith has, had, has also had an effect on her health, considering that she didn't start taking prescription drugs until she was 101. And she said that when her mother prays, God usually gives it to her. When he asks for something, or if she prays for people, 
God takes care of it. They get better and she gets things she asks for. And um, she's, her, the nephew said that his aunt's favorite psalm is 27. She talks about the 27th psalm. The impact of her is the embodiment of love even though we fall short. It's the spirit that keeps you going because she's always going to remind you whether it's obvious or overt. <clears throat> excuse me, it's just who she is. You automatically feel good when you're around her. She's got that positive energy, that spirit-filled energy. And um, Brown married her first husband, John Lamkin, in 1936, and they had two children, one of whom has since passed, and Lamkin died in 1982. So six years later, in 1988, she married the Reverend Paul Brown, and she was with him until her death in 19, until his death in 1998. And she still lives in the house that her first husband built, using part of the livery, old livery stable. She enjoys visits from friends and family, including eight grandchildren, eight great great grandchildren, and three great great grandchildren great well she has eight grandchildren eight great and three great great she said every day is a good day the lord has been really good to me that's exciting isn't it you know that's a good story it is i love it i mean in the picture they showed of her she was just smiling you know i mean yeah she glowed yeah she was just like is everybody going to be like this when they're 100 and something? <laughs> what did you say her age was? 110. Yeah, I knew. I was thinking 110. <clears throat> yeah. We should all strive to be more like that and it, not wait till we're 110. Well, you know, my grandmother um, outlived her first husband, and then she went and married another one and outlived him. And she was married 50 years to the first one and 25, I think, to the second one. And then she continued to live for a long time. <laughs> she did. And she, she was a tough old bird. She, she was a homestead farmer here. And uh, so at any rate, we're moving on to uh, India and the BJP. In case you don't know, I talk about the BJP party which is a Hindu nationalist party. And uh, Modi is belongs to the BJP, and it is the, the nationalist Hindus, the radical Hindus portion of that, that has been persecuting a lot of Christians there. Now, this, some of the news here comes out of the Union of Catholic Asian News, uh, which uh, was picked up by uh, CBN, and they they sent it out. Of course, then there's also a number of other uh, sources that catch these kind of articles. But, uh, you know, and, and this is not unusual. Uh, here, a mob of 200 radical Hindu nationalists attack uh, congre uh, the congregants uh, at a church uh, in India, a you know, a certain area of India. And, of course, the Christian leaders are demanding the authorities to do something. And time and time again, we we find the authorities not doing business like they should. And many times uh, the cops will even, the police will even turn against the Christians. Um, and so 
uh, the mob, of course, this is the way they do it. You know, I mean, they go up against many of these Christ, uh, these uh, Christians, and um, almost always the Christians get the bad end of it. Uh, kind of like they do when we're talking about Nigeria, because uh, the Christians aren't armed, they don't fire back. Um, you know, so at any rate, they're sitting ducks. Of course, Scripture says that God's people are led as sheep to the slaughter, and that's literally what's happened, you know, in many areas of of the world. Uh, And so it barges into the church while they're worshiping, and of course, they just make a mess of things. They end up beating anybody they can find. They vandalize the property. And uh, three uh, Christian women were seriously injured, taken to the hospital. And, of course, the BJP, as I said, is a pro-Hindu. It's a nationalist party. Now, the leaders, of course, Christian leaders, demand strict action. (laughs) You know, it's good luck there. Uh, But this church is not a new church. It's been in this area for 30 to 40 years. Wow. And uh, so, you know, you're always going to find those. and, And I'm sure that there are Muslims there that don't bother. But whenever you get these radicals, they they're dead set on causing trouble. They want... What they want, which in India is a nationalist agenda. And you look in China, they want a communist agenda. Uh, you know, and of course they they target Christians there. They target Christians in uh, North Korea, even, even in America. You know, we've had some of the Democrats openly target Christians from the pulpit. Uh, I mean, from, uh, uh, from the political aspect of it. And... Uh, even named, uh, especially after the January 6th thing, you know, start locking up patriots and Christians. When in fact, when, when I was watching it live, I actually saw the guards waving the people in. And uh, there's a lot of things that this uh, little thing that they're doing is uh, bringing out, or at least uh, coming out. But uh, the whole thing is, is just a political thing by the Democrats. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, the bottom line of it is, is that when we're talking about Hindus in India, we're talking about, you know, a lot of these different groups. You know, there's no peace. And when there is peace, you, you've got to look around because the enemies are there. It, you know, we've, we've covered them while the Christians had been attacked and they try to bury their people and then they get attacked and and get shot at and killed as they're trying to bury the people that that were killed you know in the first place by an attack i mean these people that's so tragic yeah it is it it's terrible and we don't like it that's why we advocate for the persecuted church but see the thing of it is congress you know the democrats are too too busy trying to destroy america uh they're also letting a lot of people in through the southern border 
And just today it came out that uh, Panama stopped, I forgot the number, of uh, Al-Qaeda. I thought you told me it was around 40 or 70, 60, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it was a good amount of them that they had had uh, stopped in Pakistan, in uh, Panama on their way here. And so when you have an open border like we do and have as many enemies as, as we do, I mean, this is no good. And Biden and the Democrats are directly responsible for this. The blood on what happens in Afghanistan is on Biden and his advisors. You know, and so far, this is the most corrupt regime we've ever seen. But America is corrupt. And uh, America is, is damnable in some of the things that it persists in. And there's people that are doing abominations and they don't care. So when you start talking about the end of days, Revelation 22 comes into play here. He that is holy, let him be holy still. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. You get into Revelation 22, you look for something like that. And it, it's, in, it's right in there and, it, and it'll tell you, you know, this is what's... If they're wicked, let him be wicked still. If they're going to be righteous, let him be righteous still. If they're going to be holy, let him be holy still. If they're going to be ungodly... Let him be ungodly, because God is going to judge. We are in the we are in the end of days. Been in the end of days since the apostles, but we are in what I call the end of the end of days. So, I call it the last of the last days. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the same thing. I know. Absolutely. And of course, the next one. I like this because this is from 101 Ohio pastors who pushed against the vaccine. They wrote an open letter, and this was carried in CBN. And I'm glad they carried it. And as clergymen from, this is a portion of it, from 101 diverse congregations across north central Ohio, We'd like to note that this unnecessary mandate by your office is in sharp contrast to the statement you made as president-elect on December 4th, 2020, and you stated you would not impose a national vaccine mandate. Yeah. And it also points that Kamala Harris stated she would not take a COVID-19 vaccine if ordered by the president. <laughs> now, I don't know whether she did or not. Nope. And they go on to say the federal government should not impose its will on persons by mandating COVID-19 experimental vaccines. And that's what it is. It's never been okayed. And although uh, Biden has mandated it, especially uh, to go through OSHA, th there is no, uh, no laws yet. People should be able to have uh, the ability to make their own decision. They call the order unethical and tantamount uh, to what a totalitarian king would dictate. And uh, they said, furthermore, Mr. President, with respect to your vaccine mandate, we respond by saying we have no king but King Jesus. Amen. That's right. And, and that's the truth. And so, you know, wherever you stand on it, you can stand... And uh, wherever anybody else stands, 
let them stand where they want to stand. Yeah. But, uh, you know, all the mandates and stuff you're forcing, this sounds like China, North Korea, Russia. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, the issue isn't even the vaccine. It's the way you're acting. It's what you're trying to do. And you're lawless. You have blood on your hands. You're also a lying, stinking president because you have lied. Maybe it's because you have dementia and you can't remember. He's president in name only. He is not president. Yeah, that's right. You cheated. Yeah, America didn't elect you. You cheated. We know that. And the fact that Republicans and others uh, refused to look into this when we knew that it was cheating... And there was evidence at the time, and you refused to look. Now everybody's looking at it. So who knows what's going to happen next. But I know one thing. You and your vaccine mandates can go to a little dark place. <laughs> yeah. Because I, because that ain't going to get anywhere with a lot of Americans. Yeah. I liked what this uh, pastor, J.C. Church, he was one of the clergymen who signed the letter said Biden is trying to scare the public rather than truly protect them. And he said, Joe Biden can take his medical advice somewhere else. We are not going to listen to him. This president and his godless administration have foot and mouth disease for for every issue they touch. Since he does not have the scientific data nor the trust of the people, he uses fear to try to get compliance. authoritarians and Marxist governments use this method. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And we do have another thing that Tower's going to do, and this is another good one. Yeah, this is American slavery. And, um, or I'm sorry, it's African slavery and bondage exists today. This was an interview on... CBN News um, interviewed, they interviewed a man named, I can't even say his, Ding. Uh, He was a former slave and South Sudan presidential candidate. And he was saying the United States is the only country that can free you, where you can get a decent job and be a free man. He, um, was a former he's a former slave that he was um he became a slave in 1987 after the Sudanese government backed Mahajahudin raiders kidnapped him and burned down his village and more than ding and more than 700 other captured children were forced to walk through the bush 250 miles from their home he was only seven years old when merchants took him to northern Sudan and sold him into a life of brutal enslavement. He said, I was beat up, I was told what to do, and sometimes they used to put chains on my leg to point where I would become to the point where I would become so disciplined to my master. And he was ten years old when he escaped, so he was in captivity three years. And he eventually made his way to Khartoum, where he found help from a Catholic charity. And then he traveled to Egypt, where he was offered asylum in the United States. He said BLM 
and CRT advocates can learn a few lessons from former slaves like me. I believe Black Lives Matter does not understand what is going on in Africa. They don't know what is going on around the world. They need to understand that, sta- sla- that slavery still exists in Africa today, where more than 9.2 million people are still in captivity in slavery. And and he said Libya is just one example. He claimed that women in the North African country are still being sold into slavery, slavery for as little as $400 each. He suggested that people obsessed with America's slave and racist past should view the country as a land of advancement and freedom. In fact, the United States is the only country in the world that can give the slave freedom to become a congresswoman. You cannot find you cannot find that in the world except in the United States of America. And although new elections have have yet to be scheduled in South Sudan, Ding has declared his candidacy for president. How will he bring people together in the nation where the majority Dinka and the minority newer tribes are still fighting one another? And he suggests that tribal divisions will end once the people of the world's newest nation embrace Christian values and begin to view themselves as southern Sudanese instead of members of a specific tribe. I think what they need right now is a good leader who will understand that what is going on in South Sudan is the lack of leadership, and this is a tribal line. And he said, we live in a Christian, we in the Christian community believe in love. We believe in peace, in unity, and my life in America has taught me so much to the point where if you can live in the United States, you are an American citizen. And I believe the, believe the same philosophy could take place in South Sudan by leadership. Well, you know, once uh, that fire, that flame of freedom strikes a heart, you know, it, that'll never die. That's right. I was amazed that he escaped at 10. He, I wonder if he went out with other people. Well, he, you know, he didn't really say that. But, but that's amazing that he got out and got help. And Well, you know, we've had a lot of people that have been in the news that talked about the fact uh, where America's going and what they've experienced, and they decry what's happening in America. They warn America. And you have Jews that suffered from the Holocaust. You have people who... Like this kid did, suffered. There's people that suffered all over the world. People from China, as we talked about earlier. And they come out and they warn people. That kid that was talking to Charlie Kirk that I mentioned a little bit, being from Romania. Romania, you know, this is when it was getting out of communism. Uh, it broke away from Russia, and but it was still virulent you know and Ceausescu was just absolutely wicked oh he was but uh, we saw God working and uh, 
there were reports. And now his, the guy that originally escaped, I think he's passed on now, but his kids are still here. So at any rate, you know, the thing that I also wanted to bring up, and I talked about it, the United States will send humanitarian aid. Uh, to uh, the suffering Afghan civilians. Now, they wrote it this way. This is an article from International Christian Concern. And International Christian Concern has a lot of areas where they are involved in uh, in ministry, trying to help people and feed them and stuff like that and train them and stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of these. They, they have boots on the ground. They're a big organization, so they, they're watching this. And this is the one thing that they're watching, to make sure that the Taliban don't misuse the aid. But I'll tell you, the Taliban can't be trusted. And the thing of it is, is how are they going to ever get this, this stuff out to the Afghan citizens? I mean, who's going to do it? Who's going to distribute it? And, and uh, they'll probably uh, send a cargo plane in with stuff, and the Afghan Taliban will take it. And who knows if anybody will get it. And so I'm not at all for the fact of humanitarian aid in this form going to Afghan. I'm not at all for the Taliban being over there, but there's nothing, you know, we can do about it. It's not our country. You know, we were over there for a long time, and so was Russia. Russia gave up and moved out. Um, you know, I, you know, when we first went in there, I was on record saying that this is never going to work over there. It never has. They have a history of this. It's too tribal. But it would be nice if it would come together and would be okay. Yes. But, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're we're just in that time, you know, when when you look at it. And that's why many people think, you know, they're, they're ready for the rapture. There's a lot of people who really think the rapture is close because we're seeing things happening. And these are mainly Americans. You know, we see things that are so bad in America. We've never seen them like this. Well, I got news for you. Things have been worse than this worldwide. We've been reporting on it for over two decades. And... Uh, you know, people have been suffering tribulation-type uh, persecution for that long. And so when you start talking about the tribulation, it involves in martyrdom. It involves a lot of things. And, and that's already going on. So get a grip, Christians. Understand that in America you are not persecuted like they are overseas. <coughs> You need to get your faith out. You need to get out of these weak-kneed, limp-wristed churches. And you need to get out of that. <laughs> oh, fairy tale church and sugar plum Jesus and get into the real word of God. Get into the real church and get into the real Savior who is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings who took a switch and drove the money changers out of the temple. This time he's coming back with a two-edged sword and is going to drive the devil and his minions and those who follow him out of the earth. And so make no mistake about it, he's not coming back to say pretty please. So it's about time you understand that. So America, get ready. Because what are you going to do? Well, you know, 
I was thinking about this, um, the doctors that we've been watching, and and we've even changed a couple years ago, a few years back, started changing our diet yeah. to live a healthier lifestyle. That's what people need to do is change their spiritual diet as well. Yeah, they do. And, you know, and I've talked about that, Dr. Gundry's protocol. I read all of his books, and we're, we follow that protocol and we knew what to do ahead of COVID-19 because of Dr. Gundry's protocol and his immune teaching. Uh, so, uh, you know, the bottom line of it is, is that we aren't worried uh, about COVID and we're not worried about tribulation. Now, I would be with anybody to say it'd be nice if we could just go back things that are normal. But see, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm sorry to be negative, but... Well, the thing of it is, when the Lord called us out, we were called for a specific time, the end of days. And and I've been warning about judgment on America for a long, long time now. And this end-time ministry, it's over, over, well over two decades. But Tower and I have been talking to other people about the judgment on America for a lot longer than that. And we started this path when we responded to the call on our life from the Lord. And we headed off to Bible school in the mid-70s. We've been walking this thing, raising our kids, doing stuff for a long time now. And I'm here to tell you that this is the worst I've seen it. But see, the worst is yet the best because Christ is coming. That's right. Amen. So anyway, on this spiritual diet... You need to get your head out of the world and into the Word of God. Believe Him. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to God. He speaks to you through His Word. And stop listening, like Dana said, to the sugar plum. Get out of the sugar plum churches. That sugar will kill you. It's a <laughs> yeah. poison. Yeah, it sure will. And so will that fairy tale uh, Jesus that you've uh, that you've dreamt up. Yeah. You got to understand who this is. This is no fairy tale Jesus. This is the Savior, the Son of God. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. He's the Root of David. David was the warrior king. And with that, I say, look up. Now we're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Tower. Good night, everybody. We love you. We pray for you. We hope the best for you. And please pray for your brethren around the world. They really need your help. And I thank you for all you do for, for the Lord. And may God richly bless you and make his face shine upon you. And we love you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go to warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the shows, pass them around to your friends, put them on your social networks. We thank you for it. Give us a thumbs up wherever you hear us. We're on a lot of places where our show is going on. So until next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.